Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers. And this is a very special edition of the Redcast where we are doing our conference predictions. We're breaking down each of the Power 5 conferences. And uh, we're going to do it a little bit different this year and have a little fun with it, hopefully. You know, we know that uh, sports gambling and having uh, sports books in uh, states all across the country are, are happening. Iowa's opening theirs here. And so let's have a little fun with the conference breakdown. I'm going to play the role of the gambler. I will be the Kenny Rogers. Boomer is playing the part of the bookie. And uh, I've got my go-to experts here. i got Mac and Honky as those guys you can call up on the 1-800 number, you know, and they're going to give me three free picks and all those type of things, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's what we're here for, okay? <laughs> uh, Honky's got his gold chains on. <laughs> and we're just going to go through, uh, we'll start with the ACC. We're going to do over-under on season win totals. Boomer will throw out the number. Um, I'll think about it a little bit. I'll throw out uh, Mac and Honky. They can give me the insight, and I'll, I'll pick an over-under after that. Let's start with the ACC Atlantic, which God knows what side of the conference that is, but let's do the Atlantic Division, the ACC first. What do you got for me? Uh, I'll be using the uh, Caesars Palace uh, win totals that I got. I do believe they are the owners of uh, Harris Casino, which I've told there's someone I Well, we don't advocate gambling with the good life here, of course, right? So this is <laughs> all for entertainment purposes only. Of course. So, but regardless, uh, looking at the Atlantic Division, which I believe was formerly the Smythe Division at one point, uh, we'll start <laughs> off with Clemson. There, over under, when I pulled these, was eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. This is regular season plus a conference championship game, if applicable. Um, I don't know if I need a lot of help actually from Mac or a Honky on this one. I think I'd probably take the over on this, Mac. You're talking about a generational type quarterback in sunshine, Trevor Lawrence. This, <laughs> this kid is a, uh, he's the embodiment of Thor. As far as I'm understanding, he throws lightning bolts from his, uh, from a sidearm delivery. So you're going to be just fine with 12, that. 12 and one uh, is kind of what I was thinking for them. So, all right. All right. So we will, we'll take the over on that, Mr. Bookie. All right. What do you got next in the Atlantic? Next up is Florida State seven. Florida State at seven. That's an amazing gap. So, let me get that right. They're pretty much predicting Clemson to win the Atlantic by four games. Yes. Wow. Talk about an uncompetitive uh, division here, guys. Big Ten West gets you know complaints. Florida State's uh, an odd team. It seems like there's a lot of difference of opinions here. Phil Steele is pretty high on Florida State getting a rebound year. Others think Willie Taggart has got a kind of a mess on their hands. They do have Boise State to start the season. Mac, uh, what are your thoughts on the Seminoles? Do you think they can win more than seven this year? I got to tell you, Dave, I, d- I don't love the number because it's about exactly what I put them at. I, 
Can we take a push? Take a push. Because I, yeah. I just feel like the the competition in Florida lately for recruiting has been so much more competitive. It's interesting. The ACC, you got to pay attention if they're playing Notre Dame or not, right? Because right. they play mm-hmm. five ACC teams, but Florida State's not one of them this year. But Florida State's non-conference. They have Boise State to start the season. They end at Florida. It's at the Swamp. Um, so that's going to knock it down. So you got to think about how many wins they can get in conference Hockey? You know, offensively, I love what Cam Akers brings to the offense, but the, the O-line there is a mess. Quarterback-wise, such an important position. They, they brought in Hornerbrook, the transfer from uh, Wisconsin. I don't know if that's going to make it any better. Defensively, I think, is where they're going to make some hay this year. I think they've got a pretty good, pretty solid defense there. Marvin Wilson, Jaden uh, Woodby. I think they've got some guys there. I'm going plus, Ooh, plus seven. Okay. I mean, I, I think they can get to eight wins there. Um, I don't think they're going to be a great team, but I think I would take the over. All right, I'm going to take uh, Honky. I'm paying for you, right? So I will. I'll take Honky's <laughs> advice. If you guys have locks, you let me know a lock, and I'll, I'll make sure. I'll- oh, uh, Clemson. Sorry, uh, did, I, did, did I not say Clemson? <laughs> Clemson's my lock. I will go over on Florida State. All right, Bookie. What else we got? Let's see. We'll keep going here with the Norris Division. Uh, Syracuse at seven and a half. Actually, could they finish ahead of, of Florida State in that division? I'm looking at their schedule, and I see at Liberty, at Maryland, Big Ten matchup there, former ACC, Western Michigan, and Holy Cross. They got a soft non-conference. Schedule difficulty, 68. I think I might take Syracuse on this. Honky, you got any good advice on this one, too? God, seven and a half. Yeah, you know what? I, I'd go the over there. I think they'll get to eight or, eight or nine. I, I'm not saying this to be contrarian, but under. <laughs> Very helpful. <laughs> All right, Mac is saying, hold off on squeezing the orange. All right. Did you uh, settle on Syracuse there, Dave, or keep track of this? I don't want to have to break fingers. I'm going to go over just because I think their schedule is relatively soft, and I think they can get to eight. You know, they had 10 last year. I think Dino Babers does have them going in the right direction. They do have a new quarterback, I believe, probably in place. But I'll, I'll go over on that. Next, we got NC State at 7.5. Man, they are all grouped there. They really are. Kind of clustered here. Yeah. East Carolina, West Carolina. Boy, they have a lot of directions going yeah, on Yeah, every directional Carolina. They do not have Notre Dame. They're at Florida State, at Georgia Tech. Yeah, I, I could see that again. Mac, uh, how are you feeling about the Wolfpack this year? Seven and a half for Harrison Beck's alma mater. <laughs> and to a lesser degree, uh, Russell Wilson, I suppose. Seven and a half. Uh, I'll, I'll, actually, I'll do the over on that one. Yeah, I'll go over too. I mean, it is crazy, though, how different in that Atlantic uh, division, how different it is when you go from Clemson down to the next. I mean, you have just a bunch grouped in there. but I think they're all hanging around that seven to, to nine or something. Yeah, I'll go over for, for NC State. Yeah, again, the schedule difficulty is 74. I mean, it's a pretty light schedule. All right, going over again then. Yeah, that's fair. Next up, uh, Boston College. Ooh, they get Kansas on a Friday night uh, at home. I'm sure that's going to be just up. I'm bullish on Kansas this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boston College gets uh, Kansas and Rutgers in back-to-back weeks. Is that fair? They have Richmond leading up to that, so it's an exciting time to be a BC ticket holder. Yeah. Honestly, if you go back and, and look at the worst power five schools of all time, Kansas, Rutgers, Wake Forest, uh, pretty much right there. Six and a half. They do have at Notre Dame. They're at Syracuse. They're at Clemson. Honky, any thoughts on uh, BC? I like A.J. Dillon at running back. That's true. Um, I'm not very bullish on their defense, and I'm going to say under because I think at best they're going to hit seven. Where I struggle is with less miles. 
the Mad Hatters come. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. But I'm <laughs> going to go with the unders on that. You, I, I, I feel like Kansas might surprise you, some people. You're saying Kansas. Oh, that's a lock of the year. KC upsetting Boston College. I, I'll put. I'll go on that right now. I'll say that. Right. No problem. All right. Well, I'm probably going to go under then on this. All right, Bookie. Yeah. Who, who else is left? Uh, Wake Forest, five and a half. Uh, have Utah State on a Friday night. They have Rice on a Friday. They play Elon. They play North Carolina as a non-conference foe. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. That's a really low number, really. I'm, I'm feeling they might get over. Any thoughts on that, Hunk? No. <laughs> <laughs> None. None whatsoever. Uh, that's that's why I pay for this insight. Uh, you know, I'm glad I really subscribed to your... Uh... Let me jump to the Louisville preview. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go the under. Mac, you have anything on, BC, or, uh, on Wake? You got to go with your gut on things like this, Dave. Uh, the Demon Deacons, Tim Duncan, you had force. That's a force. There you go. Yeah. All right, who else have we got left? The last in the Metropolitan Division, we got Louisville at three and a half. Wow. They were two and ten last year. I'm sure they're not that bad from a talent standpoint. New coach can't be any worse than Bobby Petrino. Mac, do you know anything about the, the Cardinals? Like Puma Pass? I, I don't know anything about them, but I would say three and a half seems low. I, I, I feel they like. They do have Des Fitzpatrick starting. Yeah, they're, they're, they're playing both directional Kentuckys, Eastern and Western. I'm going to give them two wins there. Yeah. I'm going to give you a lock. And I'm going to say Louisville wins more than three and a half. Wow, that's a bold one. Interesting. So where else do you find the wins at after Eastern Kentucky and Western? Well, I think that they're going to be able to beat Wake Forest, who we already said was going to do the under. And I'm going to at least say by the end of the year, they're going to develop themselves. And uh, they're going to win that interstate uh, battle versus Kentucky. So there's at least four. In fact, they're going to go 3-0 against Kentucky. Western, Eastern, and Kentucky. They will be their Kentucky champions, then, clearly. Yeah. Might to be a trophy of some sort for that. Mac, do you like that? You know, you Bourbon for all. I, I love everything he said. Yeah, mint, mint juleps for all. So, Well, I, it's a unanimous over, then, I guess. I, I thought I might take the under, but I, my experts are telling me over, so I'll go over. All right. Yeah, switching to the Prince of Wales division here. Uh, we're starting out with Miami at 8.5. Eight and a half for the Hurricanes. That's uh, similar to what Nebraska probably is on the over-under. They start with Florida. This is a week zero matchup. Miami versus Florida in Orlando. They do have Bethune-Cookman, Central Michigan. They get both Virginias at home. The toughest road matchup is Florida State. It's a pretty easy schedule. It's number 69. Honky, your thoughts on the Hurricanes? Well, defense wins games, and I think the defense for the Hurricanes this year is going to be dynamite. John Garvin, Trevin Hill, Shaq Quarterman, Michael Pickney, Trajan Bandy. I mean, these are some top-notch players. I absolutely would do the over with this. I know it's the first year of the new coach, but I think that this is a a team that is primed to get to the nine-win mark. I, I wouldn't doubt Miami at any given at any given season. They might have more talent than that's would strictly be represented on some sort of recruiting stat sheet. Those guys are there's no lack of talent in the area that yep. they're at. So, yep. Is that right, Boomer? That Miami has never won a division championship. Top of my head, that sounds right. I mean, the whole system was set up to get FSU and Miami meeting regularly in the title game, and that's never happened. So, yeah, and I mean that, that title game has been around since what, like 2003 or something? Is that yeah? Right? Sounds about right. We get a lot of flack for not winning a conference championship since 1999, but Miami should be getting as much flack. My goodness! All right, who else we got next? All right, next up we have Vatek at eight. Vatek. 
And we got uh, Justin Fuentes, non-conference. Oh, boy, they have a really easy schedule. We have Old Dominion and Furman. They're at Miami, so that could probably put them behind the, the Hurricanes there. They have Rhode Island. They do have Notre Dame on the schedule, but they even avoid Clemson. Mac, any thoughts on the hoax? Yeah, I would definitely take the over on that. You know, uh, the quarterback listed the second team, all ACC. I mean, we've already talked about that with our own quarterback situation. That's a pretty good indicator of success. Ryan Willis. Yeah, right? exactly. I feel like Fuentes is a really good coach. Miami's prone to disappoint. Eight, I'd take the over on that, no doubt. And this is Bud Foster's last year, so... Honky, you have any uh, insider information uh, coming from Blacksburg? Uh, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> what am I paying for your service? <laughs> the key podcast <laughs> content that people I want. I want my money here. back. <laughs> Dalton Keel at tight end? <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the key. All right, Bucky, I, I'm, I'm going to take Max's advice and go in the over, but I might fire a honky uh, from my uh, expertise here. I would do that. Probably uh, for the best. Oh, I do want to say uh, Miami did win their division a couple of years ago. That was that season they were undefeated, then lost a pit towards the end ah. of the year, then went in and got walloped by Clemson and then lost a bowl game to Wisconsin. So that was the only time they've won their division. Yeah, that's the one time in their entire history of the ACC championship. Yep. Extraordinary. That yeah, is. All right, next one up. Uh, another team that's getting a lot of love in the ACC from a lot of pundits. Uh, Virginia at seven and a half. That's interesting. All right. Another soft schedule, number 75 in the country. They start in conference at Pittsburgh uh, with William & Mary, Old Dominion. They do have the Notre Dame road test, actually. They're at Miami, um, but we already talked about how poor Louisville is, so they have Liberty as well. They have Bronco Mendelhall there. Uh, Bryce Perkins is their, their QB. Uh, Honky, uh, this is a really uh, kind of a dual threat guy, pretty dynamic. Uh, I could see this guy actually fitting in uh, Scott Frost's offense. Uh, what do you think about Virginia's chances this year? You know, I think that they're making a lot of progress there under Bronco. I'm, I'm going to give them eight wins. I think they can get to that point. They could do nine maybe. But I'm going to go with eight. That's the over, so I'm going to say over. Mac? Agreed. I'll take the over on that one. I think the Cavs could actually threaten to win this division. Uh, that's just my sense. Kind of tie your horse to that quarterback and think that Broncos got this thing going in the right direction. That would be interesting. Somebody has to win it. Uh, next up, Pitt, five and a half. All right. Looking at that schedule, difficulty ranking is number 30. So we have a more challenging schedule. They do have Penn State. At Happy Valley, they also have UCF. And don't forget the Ohio Bobcats there. The Fighting Frankies can't be overlooked. Yeah, they start with Virginia. Yeah. That's not going to be easy. Ohio's not going to be easy. You got Penn State, UCF. They could go 0-4 to start that year. Then they turn it around a little bit with Delaware, Duke, etc. But that's a tough start. I could see this going under. Uh, Mac, you know anything about the Pittsburgh Panthers? Yeah, for all the reasons you illustrated already, I would definitely take the unders on that. That, that schedule does not set up well for it, them. It's amazing. Pittsburgh actually won the... The division last year they did that's just scary uh, <laughs> uh wow what a what a lost division i mean honky thoughts on the panthers i'm going under i think narduzzi may might have a little bit of a hot seat after this year yeah i don't know if he's going in the right direction all right next up duke at five and a half david cutcliffe always seems to overachieve with these teams they were eight and five last year. They start off with Alabama, neutral Atlanta though, so that helps out to their their benefits. Yes, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Duke will be well represented in that stadium. Just tell them it's a basketball game. Maybe they'll show up. Yeah, they bounce back with some cream puffs. Uh, they have Notre Dame at home. Uh, and they got Miami at home. I think they might be able to get there. Dave, I'm going to say the under on this, and oh, yeah. I base that off of the 
the old uh, Alabama-Florida State game a couple years ago, first game of the year, neutral site. Alabama beat the heck out of Florida State, beat their quarterback down, and Florida State never recovered. Yeah. And Duke plays them right away, plays the Tide. And yeah. I'm just going to say that's not a good way to get this season started for uh, for Duke. Yeah, and Cutcliffe has to break in a new quarterback here, obviously. Now we're going to the resurrection of Mac Brown and UNC at five. So they start with South Carolina and they end with NC State. So they have the rivals uh, bookending their season. Have Miami at home. They do have Clemson, obviously. I could see this being under two. They went two and nine last year. They only had 11 games because of a cancellation, apparently. Mac, Tar Hills. Mac Brown, is he going to turn these guys around? Two and nine. That was horrible last year. Yeah, it wasn't good. I just feel like it's so much of an uphill battle for him still. And the, the recruiting magic he had the first time around North Carolina, I haven't seen that manifest itself in what the recruiting rankings have shown. I mean, it's a fertile area. Give him a, maybe a couple more years, he might challenge, but I would probably take the under on this. All right, man, this is a uh, top-heavy league here with some of these. All right. All right, last we got Georgia Tech with four. Georgia Tech brand new head coach Jeff Collins coming from Temple. Paul Johnson era is over. It went seven and six last year, but they got a transition away from the triple option, right? Yes, they are. That's going to be a change. Dave, they're starting against Clemson. I'm going to kind of go back to the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back to the Duke starting versus Alabama thing. This is not a good way to get the season started. No, then they go to USF. I guess I get the Citadel, but yeah, I could see this as under again. Mac, you want to add anything to that? I think that might be a solid one. I think your point about it, the transition from what they were to what they may become, it's just going to be too much of a change to really challenge for what we've already kind of discussed as a yeah. top-heavy league. I mean, the number was four? Yes. They end with Georgia, if that helps. <laughs> yeah, they start with Clemson, they end with Georgia. Yeah. Uh, four. <laughs> <laughs> Going under on that one. Yeah. I feel good about that one. That's the entire ACC. So there you go. All right. So it sounds like we're probably feeling good about uh, Clemson versus maybe a Miami, Virginia Tech, Virginia type uh, matchup with Clemson likely winning that. I would guess. Yeah. There's not a lot of drama in the ACC this year. No, hasn't been for a while. So it's kind of a kind of a dull conference. All right. Well, let's head to the ever exciting Big Twelve, Boomer. Yeah, absolutely. All right. The Big Twelve, uh, our old uh, associates that some people still pine for. Uh, we'll start off with uh, Oklahoma at ten. And again, if if you think Oklahoma would make and win the Big Twelve, they'd get an extra game there. So thirteen games to get to ten. They start with Houston on uh, opening weekend Sunday night. Get South Dakota, UCLA, which is, is not that good yet. So they start off relatively soft. I think that's probably going to be an over. Mac, are you thinking that Lincoln Riley will keep this rolling with Jalen Hurts? Yeah, the, the momentum he's generated and the hype around that program, I think that 10 is a pretty easy number, to be honest with you. I think Jalen Hurts, <clears throat> I don't predict a third consecutive Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, but I think he'll do just fine there. Yeah. That's my lock. They're going 11-2, and two, I think, regardless. Yeah, I mean, you, you could see Texas maybe, but, like, who else? That's the thing, Dave. They could lose or beat Texas. doesn't matter either way. They, You know, during the season, and then they'll probably end up meeting against them again in the in the title game. So the point is they're going to get 13 games. Yeah. I see Oklahoma going 11-2. and two. Yeah, I just don't see more than two losses on that schedule in the Big 12. All right, I'll take the over. Next, uh, the hype machine of Texas with nine. That's also might be potentially doable for Texas. They do have a little bit more of a challenge in the non-con as uh, week two brings them LSU to Austin. So that would be might be pretty critical for them to get to that nine. Other than that, I think probably would be better than most of the big Big 12 competition. Mac, you think Tom Herman's got this going in the right direction? Is he, he covering that? 
last year when we talked about things we were interested in the second see I, I mentioned Tom Herman second year coach I thought maybe you know his first year was a little inauspicious but second year really turned it around we thought sleeping giants earlier Texas is definitely that he's a yeah. he's a young and upcoming coach he's got him pointing in the right direction he's got a young quarterback who's already doing big things uh, I would take I would take the over and again and, and again it comes to the conference it, and it comes down to the numbers if nine is the number we think that Texas is going to make it to the conference championship game whether they play Oklahoma again or not doesn't matter it's going to be that they're going to play thirteen games mm-hmm. the question is can they get to ten and three. I'm going to give you two locks here since we don't have divisions. All right. I'm going to give you two locks, and here's the second lock. Texas is going to go above nine as well. And I think those are the two teams you're going to see play twice this year, which could be really fun to watch. That's what exactly what happened last year, right? Texas actually beat Oklahoma in the Red River shootout and then lost Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. Yep. They went 10-4, and four, getting that 10th win actually in the Sugar Bowl. So you, if you run parallels – with Texas and Nebraska, Tom Herman's one year ahead of Scott Frost. But, I mean, if we go 10-4 and four and we win the Sugar uh, Honky, would you be happy with that? Sure, yeah. That'd be good. All right, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I'd take that. I, I think the difference here, one, I mean, if Honky's saying they're going to go 10-2, and two, they're either going to only lose one game in conference, and that could be to Oklahoma, or they beat LSU in a non-con, which would be big for the Big 12 and the strength of that conference, and then lose twice in conference, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think LSU coming to Austin, this is a big, this is a huge non-conference yeah. game. Yeah. We've talked about this for so long with the SEC not wanting to leave and play actual true road games. This is a true road game. Give LSU all the credit in the world that they're playing it. They have to go into Austin. They have to win a game out there. This is a game where, you know, Texas, they're going to be confident. They just beat and plowed Georgia, really, in the bowl game. So there's not going to be any intimidation on, no. on Texas's part. So. My thing is Texas is going to play 13 games, and I think they're going to get to that 10-win mark out of 13. Simple as that. All right, next up, a uh, fun one, Iowa State at 8. Uh, they've won 8 the last two years, so that's not surprising they've landed on that number. You have to take into consideration they got Iowa at home this year, so that'll be interesting to see if they can beat the Hawkeyes. They've uh, lost the last couple to their in-state foe. You know, looking at their Big 12 schedule, they do get Texas at home, but they're at, at Oklahoma at West Virginia, at Baylor, they get TC at home. I feel like this is kind of a push here. This is I really do need some expert advice. Mac, what do you think about the Cyclones? I love the coach. I really do. I like that they have Purdy coming back, and he's an established quarterback. Yeah. But I just I have a hard time if we're at number three in the Big Twelve and it's being Ohio, and being I, Iowa State. I just I, yeah. I, I'm probably going to take the under. Whatever surprise he might have snuck up on teams the last two years, I just don't see that. I don't see that happening. Again. Yeah, I completely agree. Love Matt Campbell. He's an outstanding coach. He's sure. done amazing things there. This is the year, actually. I think I see them regress. So yeah, you could see a seven and five, maybe get to eight with a bowl, something like that. Right. Yeah. They're going to have that hard schedule, and and I don't see them being the Hawkeyes, and I don't see them being Texas and Oklahoma, and you start to get down to it, and it's like, you know, once you've lost those three, and you've got to get to, what, seven wins? Nah, I... Eight? Eight. Well, there's, yeah, there's enough losses. They're under. All right, I'll probably take the under on the clones. All right, starting off with TCU at seven and a half now. You know, this is, you know, TCU's looking to kind of bounce back a little bit they only had seven wins last year and that includes a, a bowl win so they went six and six which is definitely a down year for gary patterson down there in fort worth they start with arkansas pine bluff now that's a good way to start a season right there uh they do have at purdue um i don't know if i was aware of that as a big 10 big 12 matchup there tcu going to west lafayette 
play SMU for the Iron Skillet. Yeah, I, I could I could see an over on this one, Mac. I like the Horn Frogs this year, honestly. I, the the Purdue matchup is interesting. I, the, you know, you you take good on good offense versus defense yeah. in that one, and just to really see how that plays out. But usually, when you talk Big Twelve, you're like, oh, well. I'll take the offense if going against a Big Twelve defense, but I TCU is the uh, the exception of that particular rule. So I I would pro- I'd take the over on that one. Yeah, I absolutely take the over. I think TCU is to me a, a clear number three in the conference, and yeah. I definitely see them being being up there. Purdue game really is pretty interesting, but I would absolutely take them for the over. Yeah. All right, there other cohort Baylor at seven and a half. They went seven and six last year. Seem to be turning the corner already with Matt Rule. I don't know a whole lot about Baylor. They're not going to lose a non-conference game, Dave. So just <laughs> they're three and zero before you even start to play. Stephen F. Austin, Texas San Antonio, and, and Rice. And they have a bye week uh, critically before that Rice game, so they'll be well rested. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. What's the number again? Seven and a half. Seven and a half, and they get three gimmies. So yeah, they got three to, freebies. They need to get five, though, in conference, right? They need to go five and four to get to that. West Virginia at home, Oklahoma at home, Texas at home. They have a lot of toughest games at home. It sounds familiar. Mac? Yeah, under. You're selling on the Bears. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I think I mean, if it was at at six and a half, I, I think seven's the right number, but seven and a half, I just don't see them getting over. I don't think Chip and Joanna Gaines can cheer loud enough for them to win down there in Waco. <laughs> All right. Boomer, Okie State at seven. Also went seven and six last year. Uh, they start off at a, just you know a really difficult road game in Corvallis at Oregon State. You know, how it's a lot of orange that in that stadium. Actually, here, Dave, that's a question for you. What's their toughest non-conference game at Oregon State or McNeese State at home or at Tulsa? Well, McNeese State, we know, can give give some headaches. So I might be McNeese State because I have no any idea about Tulsa brings. This year. And Oregon State's got, at least got three four stars from us <laughs> on the team currently. At, at Tulsa, isn't Tulsa the smallest school yes. in Division One football? It is yeah, correct, it's like three thousand. Right. Cowboys go to Texas, go to Lubbock. Ames. They do have Oklahoma. Yeah. What's the number again, Boomer? Seven. Well, they, they're, they're going to win their, their non-con, no doubt about that. I think that's another push scenario. Any other uh, insight there, there, Hockey and Mac? I'd go under. Yep. Going under again. All right. Well, take your advice. Going under. All right. The Red Raiders at six. Matt Wells, brand new coach. Yep. Uh, Texas Tech's taking on Montana State, UTEP. They get Arizona in week three in Tucson. Week off and they get Oklahoma and with Texas, I don't know if they'll get there. Honky? I don't see them getting to seven. At best, they'll get to six. And if that's a push, then I'd go, I guess I'd go under. I would probably say under as well. I just. The way the schedule sets out. That's fair. Let's keep it moving. West Virginia, five and a half. Boy, there's a lot of uh, new new coaches there are, in this yeah. league, huh? Uh, whether they're just a year or two in or a brand new. Neil Brown, we might know this guy a little bit, right? Former Troy coach. I like him as a coach. They were eight and four last year. Kind of actually underperformed, right? They were should have been better than they were. Yeah, yeah. But they're breaking in a new new quarterback and new offensive system, huh? They do play at Missouri in the non conference. Yeah, and Missouri is supposed to be pretty good this year, so that could be a tough one. James Madison's not even a pushover in the FCS level. They're usually a very good program down there. And then they have NC State, so that's actually a pretty good non con, right? Yeah, especially for the Big Twelve. Yeah, their scheduling difficulties number fourteen. This is a Tough comp. Mm. Uh, I could see why it's five and a half. This is going to be tough. Mac under Honk. I'm going to give them the over. I think they'll get to six. I think they'll get bull eligible. They're eight and four. They obviously have talent. 
It's just a tough schedule, man. It is is brutal. Is that the last one? Oh no, we still got the the, the ever exciting teams in the Big Twelve. Starting with Kansas State at five and a half. They open with Nichols State and Bowling Green, then travel to Mississippi State. Bill Snyder's fingerprints still all over this program, even with Chris Kleiman uh, as the head coach. And I could also see this going under. Any thoughts on this, Honky? Well, I like Kleiman a lot better than I like Ron Prince there, at the very least. I don't know what he can do in year one there, and, and obviously playing at Mississippi State and the the schedule that they're going to have playing in Big 12 ball. I'm going to give him the under in the first year. I guess I want to set the expectations right in Manhattan, but I think that he's going to be a perfect coach long-term for what they want to do. I think he's going to understand the culture there. I think he's going to develop it the right way. He understands what they had up in Fargo, up at North Dakota State. He knows how to build that type of team. I think he's a great coach for K-State in the future. This year, though, probably hold off on the expectations. A little plug for the in-state kid, uh, Adam Holtorf, starting center from uh, Seward. I wish that guy would have come here. Yeah. Mac, you have some uh, K-State ties within the family. Uh, you know, any vibe from uh, the Wildcats here? It, it, it's kind of a wait-and-see mode. I mean, I think they feel like we might we may have gotten a gym here in this coach that we've got. And they may have, but I'm kind of with honking and – it's going to take a little time to build up the culture. It's going to time to get the recruits right. I mean, the, the recruiting rankings haven't been stellar. And, and I, I feel like K-State's probably going to have to change their model going forward from the Bill Snyder era. And that's just going to take some time. I, it, it's a different kind of league. I feel like a lot of these lower teams could compete. And I think Kansas State's one of them. They've got one of the few fan bases that I feel like is on par that to kind of demand a little more from their from their program if the ball gets rolling. All right, now, Boomer, are we getting to the tail end of the Big Yes, 12? we finally are at the very bottom. Everyone hide your lawns in the new Les Miles, Kansas Jayhawks at three. <laughs> oh, man. At three, they do have Indiana State and Coastal Carolina to start off, which Kansas has proven they can lose to teams like Indiana State and Coastal Carolina. Well, indeed, they can. In the past. This is the worst Power 5 program of the last decade yeah. by a large margin. They've only won 23. Who'd they lose to? 20... Was it Nichols State last year, I believe? Yeah. They lost to an FCS team, well, if I remember right. Yeah, they lost to Nichols State in overtime. They've won 23 games in the last 10 years. Who? It's extraordinary how bad Kansas That's is. That's 2.3 games a year for the math challenged among us. I mean. Yeah, they're just horrible. Well, they, they may have a chance of winning those first two, but after that, I'd be shocked to see them. Well, wait a second. Mac, let me ask my expert there because I see that Boston College name pop up uh, week three. So you think unless can can you get to three or four wins here? I really do. I, I don't. I think three is pretty low. I, I would take the over on that pretty easily. I uh, he's recruited a well. He he beat us for a recruiting battle for an outside linebacker. You know the running back position solid there. People poke fun at the Les Miles hire. He was a winner at Oklahoma State. He was a winner at LSU. He's recruited at a high level. I mean he's he's quirky, but I love having him in college football. I mean the Mad Hatter's back. If you ask me who I'd rather watch over Kansas State or Kansas, I'm right now Kansas is the team I'm most curious about in the Big 12. And they do have Puka Williams, I guess, is eligible at running back, right? So that would would give them a little bit more of a dynamic threat there. Honky? They're going to beat Kansas State at home. They're going to beat Coastal and Indiana State. That's three right there. And I'm going to say they're going to beat Baylor last week of the season at Mm -hmm. home. All right. I mean, that's oh. four right there. So I, I guess I'm going to go over for him. And Boston College. Well, this is this is why I pay for your services, guys, obviously, because uh, I would have took the under. But now the experts are telling me, <laughs> go over on Jayhawks. So I'm going to go over. 
Uh, I'm, this is I was, that's your lock, right, guys? All right, there you go. Kansas State over th- over three is my lock for the Big Twelve. There's our third lock. Yep. Yeah, excellent. Um, sounds like Big Twelve wise, there it sounds like an Oklahoma Texas rematch, right, guys? We have any any doubts that's probably going to happen? I don't have any no. any other team that I think that's going to get to that level. Nope. Maybe TCU might be the only thing. It seems like I heard from you guys. So yeah, closest thing. Definitely not Iowa State, and they're kind of a consensus number four. Right. So I yeah. wouldn't, and I don't four think or three probably. Yeah, I don't think them. They're not getting into the top two. All right, guys, let's talk Pac-12 now. Let's go out to the West Coast and Boomer, my bookie. What do you got for me? All right, started with the North. We'll go alphabetically just to keep it unoriginal. Uh, Cal at six. Random aside here, can you name how many former like Wisconsin D coordinators are elsewhere these days? I mean, Dave Aranda, Wilcox. There's someone else. It's just there's a lot out there. Kevin Cosgrove. Kevin yeah. Cosgrove. Good point. I, he's probably out of Hawaii. Is that right? You know, I, I think Cal is probably going in the right direction, but I don't have a lot of faith in in uh, them actually getting to six. Mac, what are you feeling about the Cal Bears, man? I guarantee you, their wide receiver position is weaker now. That kind of I know is with the uh, Huskers. So six for uh, I'm gonna go under. I'm looking at the the Bears' schedule, Honk, and they have UC Davis to to start off. They have North Texas, um, and Mississippi. They go to Oxford, so that could be an interesting matchup there. Besides that, they have their standard uh, Pac-12 matchups. They're going to Washington and Oregon. If I just look at their unit rankings alone, and I'm going off of uh, Pick Six, Brent Ciancia. He was on our show a couple weeks ago uh, on offense. I mean, there are 12, 11, 12, and 11 out of 12 schools for their position rankings on offense. QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and O-line. On defense, they are 3, 1, and 3. So they have the third strongest D-line, the, the first strongest linebacking crew, and third strongest uh, DBs. You know, defense might win championships, but I don't know if they're going to score enough points to, to even get close to that. I'm going to say the under. All right, sounds good. They were 6-6 six and six last year, made it to 7-6 and six actually in their bowl. All right, Boomer, who's next? All right, we got the Oregon Ducks, eight and a half. The Ducks are a trendy pick to win the Pac-12. It's a question between them and, and the Huskies. They got to nine last year, and this might actually depend on the opening weekend. One of the best games of week one is Auburn, Oregon, in Arlington, Texas. Honky, I'll start with you. What do you, what do you think? Can the Ducks get to nine wins? Yeah, I mean, I think they can get to nine wins there. Obviously, Justin Herbert, you've got the you know, a returning starter at QB, um, you know, they've got a pretty good offensive line there. You know, uh, they've got, what, Panay Sewell, and then, of course, Calvin Throckmorton. And, uh, <laughs> is that's, that real? That's His last name's Throckmorton. <laughs> that is fantastic. Todd and Tyler would approve of that last name. I know. Well, I'm, my last name's Honky, so I can't make fun of anyone's last name. But <laughs> this is true. I think if you've got a good, strong you know, offensive line to begin with and you've got a returning quarterback, those are two pretty good places to go from to begin with. So I'm at least going to say nine. Yeah, I think they can hit the over. All right. Uh, Mac, I'm looking at the Oregon Ducks schedule, and I have to say, uh, Boomer, I'm sure you can look this up, but in a weird schedule anomaly, they, they play – in back-to-back weekends, California and Colorado, two C's, then Washington, Washington State, and then Arizona, Arizona State. So they, they like their very simple alphabetic It sounds uh, like lazy scheduling, scheduling Dave. It sounds <laughs> like it was literally like Bloom started this segment, Boomer started alphabetically, that sounds like how their AD did their schedule. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're taking the under? 
I actually am taking the under on that one. I think I could get to the over. I still over, think Washington may actually beat them, but I could get to the over. They just need to get to nine, so nine and three. All right, next, alphabetically speaking, this division is the fighting, and I use that term loosely, Mike Riley's at Oregon State. <laughs> they opened at two. Oh my God. You mean the new Calabria? Borigan? Is that what we're calling it? Caliborgan yeah, with all that. those guys that went over oh there? Oh my gosh. Yeah, so we're asking. You're telling me the over under is two? Yeah, that's what Caesars had them opened at with two. Wow. Now, granted, they're, they're non conference. They do have Oklahoma State, Hawaii, and Cal Poly. So are you hoping they can get two out of those three? And, uh, Hawaii's not that bad, actually. No, and it's Oklahoma at Hawaii. State, uh... Yeah, and I'm not counting on Oklahoma State, even though it's at home. Yeah, Cal Poly. I guess would be their win, and then they try to scrap one out of the. Yeah, and they get Washington, Washington State, and Utah on the other side, so they're not getting any. In Oregon, yeah, this is. Uh... I kind of liked the hire of Jonathan Jonathan Smith. You know, going back to the Mike Riley days, he was a, he was a walk on recruit that he got there, and he actually took that team to a a Fiesta Bowl victory years and years ago with Dennis Dennis Erickson. with Dennis Erickson. You know, obviously, I. <laughs> I said a victory. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Was I not clear on that? No, I, but but I do think he's kind of got that grinder mentality that you would need in in the understanding of the history of Oregon State. I, two is a low number. I, I with all the Nebraska castoffs alone and 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 Caleb Lightborn punting, I feel like the the, the, ability, the ability to flip the field position alone should ensure three wins. I'm going over two. Hey, honky. I mean, we have Jebbia potentially starting there. Lindsay will probably have a playing time. Avery Roberts, I suppose. Yeah. And Lightborn, is that right? Jeez. Yeah. If there's any school that deserves a two, um, I guess I'd say it's Oregon State. I'm going to say push. No, you know what? I'm going to go over. Yes. Second year of Smith there. Somehow they find a third win. I don't know who it is. Don't even ask me, but I'm just going to say they hit three wins. Three and nine. All right, Boomer, who's next? All right, the... Fighting Trees of Stanford at seven and a half. Seven and a half. Now, Stanford, this is another good opening weekend matchup, right? This is a big one for the Big Ten as Stanford visits uh, Northwestern in Evanston. Right after that, they go to USC. They have UCF yeah, on the road. Yeah, they've got a rough schedule. Yeah, this is not easy. And they, and they ended Notre Dame, or with Notre Dame coming to them. So, yeah, this is... And they have the 12th most difficult schedule they did get nine wins last year, but it included winning the bowl game. I'm feeling kind of underish here. Uh, Mac, your thoughts on this? this? is a tough schedule. You know, Honk and I were just talking about that. What were you saying, Honk? Well, I mean, I kind of think K.J. Costello at quarterback, this is a guy, he's he's not he's not being talked about the, the same way that Herbert is, but I think there's a lot of potential for this guy. By the end of the year, he could be the all-Pac-12 quarterback. And... You you take that along with the fact I mean he's got a good receiver to, or tight end to throw to with Colby Parkinson, and so I think if you're looking at last year they hit nine wins again I think at least they're going to get somewhere in that vicinity whether it's nine or eight it's still going to be above seven and a half so yeah I'm going the over if you look at their last five years nine and four nine and five ten and three twelve and two eight and five boy that's that's consistency and and a, a pretty solid program it is it's a very tough schedule. Um, I may take the push, but uh, you guys are telling me the over, and that's what I'm paying you the big bucks for. So I guess I'll go on the over. Got uh, Washington uh, at 9.5. They went 10-4 and four last year. Uh, that includes a loss at Ohio State. So 10-3 and three, um, out of the regular season. 
They have Eastern Washington to start. They also have Hawaii. Does everybody in the Pac-12 play Hawaii this year? They ha- Hawaii and UC Davis. They might as well be honorary members. The Huskies also go to uh, Provo and play BYU. Schedule difficulty of 36. Mac? Chris Peterson is probably one of my favorite coaches in all of college football, and I would almost never go against him. Honestly, if it's 9.5, I'd take the over. If it was 10.5, I'd take the over. I mean, I I had much faith mm-hmm. in him. And, and the, he's been there long enough now that I feel like the recruiting that he's done and the development and the culture he's built, I I won't bet against him. I totally agree with you, Mac. I think that I would pick them to win the North right now. And nine and a half to me is an easy number because if they're going to win the North, that means they're going to play in the championship game of the conference. That gives them 13 opportunities to get to 10. I would definitely take them on the over. Yeah, they've won 10 or more the last three years under Peterson. So that That's makes a sense. good sign. All right, Boomer, I think you're heading to – to one last team in the Pac-12 here. Oh yeah, everybody's favorite. We got the Pirate going in Washington State, and the thing I had for them was nine wins. Nine wins. Expectations are been risen in Pullman. That's for certain. Uh, taking a quick peek at the schedule, they do start off pretty soft. They got New Mexico State, Northern Colorado, and Houston. Uh, who, what, oh, who's the AD would schedule these guys? I don't know about that. This is interesting. Mac, I, I don't know about that. Nine wounds? What do you think? The quarterback position ranking isn't going to dazzle anybody, but it's it's leech. You know, I just like how much are Does you it concerned? Matter? Yeah, it just doesn't really matter to me. I, that, that number's big, though. It, that number's honestly pretty big to me. I would probably take the under, and I hate to I hate to go against the Pirate, and I love Mike Leach, but that that's a pretty big number to me. Yeah, I mean, I think they could go, what, eight and four, and again, I don't know what the expectations are in Pullman, but eight and four – they could have a very successful year and not hit the nine number. They're not going to win the North. I don't believe they're going to do that. So they're not going to get that, that prized 13th game. So I don't think they're going to go nine, three. I'll say eight and four. So I'm going to go under. All right, Boomer, let's head to the Pac-12 South. Starting there alphabetically continuing. We're going with Arizona at six and a half. Well, that's an interesting team there, Boomer. Uh, you have uh, Tate uh, as their quarterback, a little banged up last year. Two years ago, he had a phenomenal uh, campaign where he bursted on the scene and became really a Heisman front runner. Um, and you got Kevin Sumlin, who is, seems to be a pretty good coach, but you know, hey, I mean, you took over Rich Rod's kind of mess there and go five and seven. Can the Wildcats turn this thing around? Hey, look, they're playing Hawaii at yeah. Hawaii. Um, in week zero, actually, this is one of the two uh, games uh, next week, and then they have Northern Arizona and Texas Tech. Uh, so not necessarily an easy non-conference. Six and a half. I think they could get over. Honky, are you feeling good about the Wildcats? You know what? I'm going to go under because I think seven is their ceiling, and I mean everything has to go right to get to seven. I think they can get bowl eligible. I think they can hit six. I'm going to go under on this. That six and a half numbers, that's tricky, man. Can can you do a push on a half? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Because that's what I want to do. And if I can't, uh, I would probably take the under on them. Go on the under. All right. I got to listen to the experts here. All right, Boomer. What else we got? All right. One of the more entertaining teams in the Pac-12, mostly because they're head coach. Uh, Arizona State at seven. Arizona State started off really well last year, got ranked and kind of fell back, finished seven and six. Um, they had Sparty visit the Valley of the Sun uh, last year. This year they go to Lansing, and so that will be a big one. They also have Kent State and Sacramento State. Ooh. So you're spotting them two wins, probably, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, but then, I mean, the question is, can they actually beat Michigan State again? I'm feeling Michigan State's probably uh, looking to rebound. So, Mac, I mean, how do you feel about uh, the Sun Devils? That's such a confusing team. I, I, I thought it was going to be a complete dumpster fire last year, and it turned out better than I thought. And I feel like their recruiting has been on par for what seems to be sort of an interesting sort of dynamic in the in the head coach and the, how they're doing. You play to win the game. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, – I'll, I'll take the over. I'll take the over on him. Hey, Mac, you know, they do have uh, Eno Benjamin, which is a guy yeah. that both Nebraska and Iowa was after. He's a darn good running back, right? They, they beat us out on a few recruiting battles, and they're in with a lot of guys we're in on. They, they've got a formula there that seems to be not horrible. You mentioned, Dave, that they play Michigan State early, so it'll be really interesting in East Lansing to see how they do against an elite defense there. Having said that, and we've talked about this before with Arizona State just as a as a university to begin with, they're huge. They're like the largest enrollment, I think, what, of any school in the country and where they're are located. They like, how are they not a better football program every year than they are? I mean, they, they party party just a little too much there. Seven is the number. I'm going to say over. Eight and four would be a pretty good year for Herm, I would think. And I, I think that would mean that the Sun Devils are trending in the right direction if that happens. So, Dave, what are you finalizing as? I guess I'm going to go with the over. I, I, I'm a little surprised, but hey. You're paying your consultants for reasons. So. Exactly. All right. We've got those darn dirty Buffalo Head Steelers at Colorado at three and a half. Not getting a lot of respect. That is also an extremely low number, but they have a very difficult schedule. I'm looking at Phil Steele right here. They have the number five schedule in the country. Obviously, they have Nebraska. They also have Air Force. And they have Colorado State, which I don't think is uh, that strong this year. Sorry, producer Skip. You know, do draw Oregon uh, and Washington out of the north. And Stanford. Yeah, that's that's tough. And, uh, you know, looking at the pick six previews as well, still, still they, they have them in the basement. So I, I got a sense this is an under. Honky? You know, we've talked about it in the past when, like, oh, I don't know, Florida State would play Alabama or this year Duke plays Alabama early and how bad Alabama would just beat the tar out of those teams and screw them for the rest of the year. Nebraska plays Colorado early, and I think we're bringing the vengeance. I think we're bringing the pain, and I think it's going to be really tough for Colorado to come back from that game against Nebraska. Uh, hashtag see you red out. And so I am going to say at three and a half wins, I'm doing the under. Mac, I, I really do like Steven Montez and uh, LaVisca Chenault, but boy, what do you think? They came out gangbusters last year, and it, it just kind of fizzled out on them. And this year, they're kind of doing this reboot thing. And here's the deal. There's some payback due coming from Lincoln. And I just, I really, in the being the second game, I, I just feel like we're going to beat them boys down. I'd probably take the under on that. I just, I, it's going to be a rough year for Colorado. It kind of confuses the point of why we're even talking about that game as being important. You know, if, yeah. they're, if they're at a three and a half and we're predicted to win the West, why yep. are we talking about Colorado yep. like this? I've looked at a lot of power polls and I've seen Colorado in the 80-ish type range. I mean, they they are way down there. And so we have no excuse if we don't play well in that game. Next, alphabetically speaking, is your other Pac-12 darling this year, the Utah Utes. And I said Utes, uh, nine and a half. You know, I, I was a Utah fan last year, and they went 9-5, and five, but they did win the Pac-12 South. Honky, I'm not mistaken, uh, pick six is really high in Utah. Is that right? Brett was all over these guys. I mean, he has five of their defenders in the first or second team, all defense. And on top of that, you got Zach Moss at running back, Britton Covey 
at wide receiver. So a couple of first teamers right there at skill positions. Quarterback's not bad either. No, I mean, I, I would definitely, nine and a half, again, they're going to make the conference title game. That's going to be the 13th game. So the question is, can they get to 10 and three out of that? Absolutely. That's a lock. We're going over. I've heard some folks say that the, that their D-line is kind of like an SEC light type D-line. They're that good. So that's interesting. Mac? It's interesting to see a team like Utah be at the top of the South Division of the Pac-12, but I don't think it's far off. I mean, They've got some momentum in that program. They're coming off a very good season last year. I think they're going to build on it. And let's not mistake that the South is down. It's yeah, like, that's... It's it's not Mac, like it's not like it's a huge mountain to Mac, climb. Mac, that's the point. That's the point right there. I mean, we, we're talking team by team here, Dave. I mean, but USC the, is trying to get Urban Meyer. Now you yeah, don't do that by winning. Games. That that's the reality, Dave. Is that we're going team by team through this, but the re- reality is you start to talk division by division too. And we've always talked about in the Big Ten West, you know, is the is the West strong or not strong, or how is it viewed? The Pac-12 South right now is garbage. <laughs> I mean, the, the top team. That's yeah, fair, yeah. The top team out of the South should be USC every year. That's the team that the Pac 12 commissioner, if he says, I want this team to be in the championship every year, it's USC. And they're not close to it right now. And UCLA, who we'll talk about in a second here, too, those guys, you know, they're not where they should be yet either. They're, you know, early on in, in the Chip Kelly era. So the point is, I mean, Utah, if there's ever a year for them to get to that championship game, to get to 10 wins or more, this is the year for them to do it. Yeah, I absolutely agree there, Honk. I mean, uh, looking at uh, Phil Still, I don't think he has them going to the playoff like uh, Brett does, but he does have them playing Nebraska in the Rose Bowl, so that's pretty close. Yeah, I just wanted to give it a shout-out to Kyle Whittingham as a head coach. Uh, you know, Mac mentioned how much he loves uh, Chris Peterson. I'm a big uh, Kyle Whittingham fan, so uh, yeah, good job there. Uh, next up, UCLA. Uh, Chip Kelly, uh, Scott Frost's uh, mentor, if you will. Uh, they've got him at six this year. That that would be a dramatic improvement as well. It would. Uh, he went three and nine last year. Non-con is tricky. They're at Cincinnati, San Diego State, and Oklahoma comes to town. So those aren't gimmies. That's brutal. That is the problem. That is brutal. Um, that's the number eight schedule in the country. Yeah, they could lose all three of those. I mean, I'll just flat out say it. Not impossible. I, I feel like I'm going under here, even though I really think Chip will eventually turn this around. But if we had the number eight schedule. More similar to last year's schedule or future schedules, we may not be predicting a, as many wins with Nebraska either. Honk, your thoughts? Six wins, I think they can do as well as a push. And so if that's kind of the premise, if it's as you can do as good as a push, I am guess I'm going to go under. I like potentially with the future of Chip Kelly, what he can do there. But right now, I mean, yeah, they just they don't give me enough to say that they're going to go above six. Okay, going under. Mac? Yeah, I'm going to go with the under as well. You know, you know the thing with Chip Kelly going to UCLA, I felt like we were going to see this recruiting bump and this this infusion of talent that Chip Kelly couldn't necessarily get to Oregon right away. Yeah. And you're not really seeing that at all. And, and at a time where USC is down and your major threat is Utah, and you're talking mm-hmm. about Arizona State with this weird dynamic, it's concerning to me a little bit that they haven't made more progress in the time he's had when you compare it to other first-year coaches. It sounds like you know he struggled last year to find a quarterback. And if you're, you're talking about Chip Kelly offense, that's sort of your yeah, number kind of one cog. So, you know, life without Scott Frost ain't so great. 
All right. Uh, Boomer, is that it? Uh, no, we've got one final team in the Pac-12. That is uh, our friends at uh, the University of Southern Cal, where everyone's just waiting for that axe or drop on Helton, and he's somehow still employed there until Urban Meyer shows up. And they are at seven. Now, that's interesting. Uh, they also have a very difficult schedule, as they have Fresno State at BYU, and of course they have Notre Dame on top of drawing Oregon in Washington from the north. And so they've got a difficult schedule here. Mac, you feel that he's got this, or is uh, we're welcoming Urban Meyer back into the fold in 2020? To me, this feels almost like a uh, NBA team trying to tank it to the end of the year to get yep. to get their guy. I just can't imagine them rallying around Helton. There's such there's this talk in the ether about Urban Meyer coming back and and being the USC coach. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, it's probably the the only university I could see him going to at this point. But and the only other school I could see Urban Meyer going to is Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's one of the teams that's going to beat UC, USC this year. USC's not hitting seven. Ooh. They are under seven. This is the last year of hell. I'm used to playing an early octo lock for this season. So only a couple short years ago, they beat Penn State in the Rose Bowl in an amazing shootout. And they come in preseason ranked in, in 17 and in 18, excuse me. And they do make it to the Cotton Bowl, but just never really go from there. I, I just don't know if uh, Helton's got it going to get it done. All right, that wraps up the Pac-12. Uh, we might as well slot Notre Dame in somewhere since I have them in front of me. Uh, Notre Dame over under nine. Looking at Notre Dame's schedule, they open at Louisville. They've got New Mexico, and they go to Georgia on September 21st on top of their normal, typical slate of uh, some ACC schools, Virginia. They play Bowling Green in there, and then USC at Michigan, Vatek at Duke, Navy, Boston College, and they close at Stanford. Nine. I have no idea to, what to think of Notre Dame this year. Mac? I feel like Notre Dame's been more consistent in the last few years than I even I have given them credit for. I, I feel like I, I'm comfortable taking the over on nine. I'm comfortable doing the push, and if nothing else, it's what you just mentioned, Boomer, at Georgia, at Michigan, at Stanford. I think that they can win nine games, but those three games are very losable. And, I mean, even if they – Win one of those three and lose one other one. I think nine's a push. I'm they gonna could go beat push. Georgia and Georgia could pass them in the polls. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, so. I'm gonna go yeah. push with nine. Yeah, I mean it is difficult. All right, uh, what conference are we shifting to next, Boomer? Well, uh, everybody's favorite conference, if for, for all of our ESPN listeners out there, uh, the SEC. Let's go east. East. All right. Well, we'll continue alphabetically to help our SEC listeners just to keep track of everyone. Uh, we're going to open with a Florida 9. I don't know if they know the alphabet that well, Boomer, so it really doesn't make a big difference. It doesn't help, but th- th- there's a chart. They can look it up online. So. <laughs> Florida obviously starts off uh, with uh, Miami here in game one, right? So that's, that's not an easy start. They did win 10 games last year. Dan Mullen uh, taking advantage of a, a good roster there. They have Felipe Franks as their quarterback. I could see I could see that happening. Mac, you you're on the uh, Gator bandwagon? They nine, yeah, I take the over on that for sure. Nine they times they do have to go to LSU, you know, but and at Missouri, who people are very high on, it seems like honky. Well, not just at Missouri, but at Missouri in November, which Boomer, you've brought up that point before that it's shocking how the SEC never sends any of those Southern schools up there. But yeah, it is rare. Also, have to give the Gators credit. And granted, they probably have to play these teams just because they're in-state rivals. But we always talk about the SEC only playing eight conference games. 
in four non-conference, but in their four non-conference, they're playing Miami and Florida State. Yeah. I mean, you just you got to give them that kind of credit there. Gosh, I hate doing this again because we just did a push on the, on Notre Dame for me at least. I'm going to say push again with, with Florida. I think nine is exactly where I'd finish them. I would put them at nine and three. That's not going to win the East, so they're not going to get a 13th game. You know, uh, a commentary quick on the SEC scheduling. Looking through these teams, they have seemed to have reduced the amount of Cupcake November opponents. Um, we'll go through these schedules, but they, there's not as many of those, so it's interesting. Well, Dave, I was listening to, I think it was The Athletic, the Feldman and uh, Mandel, and they were talking about how just the way it works out with the schedule this year, and in November, I think there's like one extra week in November than a normal. Everybody has two bye weeks. So yeah. they moved up the FCS game that they would normally play right before the last weekend of the season, they moved it up one week. Well, that kind of got misconstrued in the media as, as the SEC has changed uh, their scheduling so that they're not scheduling this easy game before their last game. And it was like, no, they just moved it up a week and they're still playing an easy game in November. It's just not the week before the and final At the end week. of the day, it's just Alabama. Anyway. Unless you're Alabama, you're still playing Western Carolina before Auburn. This Correct. Year. We'll get to them. Yeah. Well, let's get, we'll mention that on each one of these teams, who they play in November. All right. All right, Boomer. All right. Next up is the other favorite in the East, Georgia at 11. Wow. That is a very high number. They're probably the clear East favorite, though. Uh, Murray State, Arkansas State, and Georgia Tech. And Notre Dame. They do have Notre Dame. That's in September. They have Florida, Missouri, at Auburn, A&M, and Georgia Tech in November. So they do not have that typical FCC, FCS team. Yeah, I want to make as much fun of Georgia as I do others. The schedule, look, they need to beat Notre Dame. That's If you're going to get to 11, you gotta get you got to beat Notre Dame. If they can win that game and that's at home, then I think they can at least can push to 11 at, at the very least. I mean, the SEC scheduling is quirky in the sense that you only have eight conference games and you have protected rivalries, right? Yep. Yes. But Georgia always plays Auburn out of the West. So they only have one team rotating on that side. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mac? Honestly, going to go under. I'm not that big of a believer. I know they've out-recruited almost everybody and Kirby Smart's great, but I'm not that big of a believer in Fromm to be real honest with you. And and that's a humongous yeah. number to me. That's a huge number to me. I just I'm gonna I'll go tell on. you what, I would rather play Fromm at Ohio State. Well, who this do they year. have as a backup? Well I'd rather play Fromm at Ohio State than Fields. For I'll, sure. I'll just say that. And and that's a team that Nebraska has to play. And Fromm is not the guy that scares me. Fields that style of QB does. So to your point there, eleven like I said, I think it's a push it, it's going to be a struggle for them to make that a push. Dave, what are you finalizing it? Otherwise, i got to break some kneecaps. I mean, I, I think they're going to get to 11. Uh, I think it's a push. I don't think they need 12. That's the thing. I mean, uh, they're, they probably lose one regular season game. But I don't see them beating Alabama in the SEC championship game. So a, a push sounds right to me. All right. Next up is uh, one of Nebraska's uh, Twitter arch nemeses this last offseason of Kentucky, six and a half. You know, Terry Wilson's the starting quarterback there at Kentucky. Had a pretty decent first year there. He's bounced around quite a bit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, can Kentucky get uh, over on this one? I, I think they can get to six. I think, think they can get bowl eligible, but I just think it's going to be a real stretch, and I'm sticking with six. 
Yeah, that non-con is, is pretty weak, though, Mac. Uh, what do you think? I think a second year in the program for uh, Wilson is going to be a big jump for him. I, I feel like he's finally found a home and an uh, offense that suits him. He's actually a pretty elite runner. I really, yeah, I don't know I about agree. he is as I a agree. thrower, but I mean, he gives them a chance with his legs. So I'm going to go over. I will say, Mac, I could agree with you on this. And part of that is their crossovers are with Mississippi State and Arkansas. So you're not playing the elite teams right now of the West. So there is that potential. But I'm still going to go under, but I can see where you're coming from. It, it hurts that Wandell decided to pick Nebraska. Yeah, it doesn't hurt me at all. But yeah, it hurts It them. hurts them. <laughs> it hurts them <laughs> in the right ways. Uh, go with Mac here because I think that Arkansas is a, a win there on their side. So And I, I think they could beat Louisville last game of the season. So I'm feeling pretty good on that. Smart move, Dave. Thanks. All right, Boomer. Who's next? <laughs> All right, next up, our old foes, Missouri at eight and a half, getting a little bit of love in the East this year. Missouri's getting tons of love. They are not eligible for a bowl, is my understanding. They uh, so petitioned to get yep. that ban lifted, and it has not happened. Uh, but they have a very weak schedule for an SEC school. They go to Wyoming. They do have West Virginia. Yep. Uh, but West Virginia may not be as good as last. They have Southeast Missouri. There's a classic. But they do not have any of that in November. Don't leave out Troy as well. They play, play them too. Yeah, they have Troy. You're right. But in November, they have Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and at Arkansas. So that's right. They have Florida and Tennessee coming to Columbia um, late in the season. I think I'm going to go over on this one. Honky? Okay, I'm terrible when it comes to Wyoming, as as, <laughs> as we remember from previous years. Now, they are at Wyoming, so the altitude may come into play. I mean, altitude, Craig Bull Larry's factor. a mother. Under, they're going to hit eight tops, and the Cowboys are going to be a part of that. I'm telling you, this is the year. I, I've been so wrong every other time with Wyoming. Do not use my predictions. for. Please, Redcasters, don't put any money on my predictions. But Missouri's going to lose to Wyoming. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the under, too, in, in one of the most uninterested fan bases <laughs> in the SEC. Just, I just don't see it. I any kind of any kind of snowball effect to the negative is is just gonna roll and roll and roll. I'm going under. Yep. Boy, I I would have took the over, but I guess my experts say under. All right. Next, our good friends at South Carolina, five and a half. Gamecocks went seven and six last year. Will Muschamp's been there for four years now. Start off with uh, the Fighting Mac Browns of North Carolina. They have Charleston Southern. Uh, they do have Alabama as their crossover, so that's not good for them they also go to a&m as their other crossover and they have clemson at the end of the year wow i totally see where that i could see this going under mac yeah way under <laughs> <laughs> this does not line up well no no <laughs> I, I mean I'd steve agree. spurrier ain't walking through them doors well, folks well, uh, you know well let's talk latimer about, isn't going to this is going to be a bad year yeah let's talk just for a second about South Carolina and and Muschamp, and this is the myth of the SEC is anybody that's a head coach, they're like they get elevated a couple of levels. I don't know what Muschamp has done as a head coach to get any credit to believe that he's going to go above five and a half to begin with. That schedule's ridiculously tough. My goodness, that the crossover games that they have to play, in addition to having their yearly annual interstate rival with Clemson, no way they're under. Yeah, I I, I mean they play. Alabama, Clemson, and at Georgia. I mean, that's three of the top five teams in the country. Easy, uh, at least preseason. And you add Florida and NA&M. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a rough one. Yeah, I can't believe the number is as high as it is, to be honest. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they get a bye before Georgia and Clemson, so if that helps. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> I mean, there's seven. If everything goes perfect, I think they win seven games. And I know it's five and a half. I know that's the number. But I'm saying if everything goes perfect, I think they can get to seven. And knowing Muschamp, there's no reason to think everything's going to go perfect. I'm, I'm going under. Next, Tennessee, six and a half. Program that's kind of tied to Nebraska historically uh, with a couple of uh, bowl games uh, late in, in our, our glory years. And then the fact that they uh, seem to be interested in Scott Frost and they're uh, getting Jeremy Pruitt. They went 5-7 and seven last year. Not the hype and the buzz that we are receiving. And they got a soft non-con, too, for 6.5. I mean, Georgia State, BYU, Chattanooga, and UAB. Jeez, you think that'd be four wins right there? You only need to pick three more up. They do get BYU at home. UAB's been better, but yeah. Crossover is Mississippi State at Alabama. Jeez, you got Vanderbilt, you got Kentucky, South Carolina. Gosh. Do you think they're going to get four in non-conference, Dave? Well, I'm I'm questioning BYU. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a relatively good game, but they could win that one. They should beat UAB, but UAB actually won quite a few games last year, if I'm not mistaken. I, they probably get to four, definitely three and one. And so I, th- I think they could get over, Mac. Yeah, I'm going with you over on that. Tennessee's actually... Uh, kind of a team I'm, I'm going to pay a little bit of attention to this year in the SEC. So I, what was the number again, Boomer? Six and a half. Six, Six and, and a half. half. Yeah, I'll take the over on that. All right, we're finishing off the uh, SEC East with Vanderbilt at four and a half. Under. Yeah, I'll take the under. <laughs> Mac, yeah. the arguments on this. Not much else to spend on Vanderbilt. I think it's fair. I, I don't want to talk about Vanderbilt. No one wants to talk about <laughs> Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt doesn't want to talk about Vanderbilt. So we're, we're taking the under. Yep, under's good. All right, switching gears to the more interesting SEC West and everybody's favorite team, Alabama, 11 and a half. 11 and a half, I'm going to probably take the over. Mac, do you want to change my mind? No. Are you going to, yeah, you got to pick two losses. Who are they going to be? Third behind Jordan. They're going to get 13 games. They're going to win yep. the West and play in a title game. They have progressively gotten worse every year with their non conference neutral site game. It used to be they would play Michigans and Florida States. Then it progressed down to Louisville, and now they're playing Duke. So they're non-conference games. They're 4-0 without even blinking an eye. Um, they don't ever play Georgia. Uh, nope. Boomer, who are their uh, crossover battles from the East this uh, year? The crossover is at South Carolina, so there's that big uh, oh, twist. Goodness. And then uh, Tennessee is their protected crossover. So. Awesome. So you know what? They're going to win those two. two. So th- they've automatically won their four non-conference games. They're going to win their two crossover games. They're not going to lose to Ole Miss. They're not going to lose to Arkansas. They're not going to lose to Mississippi State. They're not going Strangely, to... Strangely, and I will note, they also get a bye before they play LSU and a bye before they go to Texas A&M. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go over. Yeah, it's over. That was easy enough. Uh, Arkansas, five and a half. Arkansas was horrible last year, Yeah, they right? were good. I mean, this is not a good team. They got Portland State. There's one win. They have Colorado State, San Jose State. They do have Western Kentucky in November. Well, that's a classic SEC match schedule there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think they could get over. I mean, just because of the based off of their non-con. Well, they lost to Colorado State last year. Don't forget that. So. That's true. It was in Fort Collins. Mac, thoughts on the Razorbacks? There's no way they don't go over. I mean, I really don't think there's any way they don't they just, go They have to go 4-0 in non-con. Yeah, 4-0 non-con. I'm going to go ahead and give them the dub for Colorado State. All right. Honk? Yeah, I'm going to go over just non-conference alone. That gets them four out of six <laughs> to get there. 
They have to find two wins somewhere in the SEC. They should probably be ranked just ahead of Nebraska after we beat Ohio State. I would think so. <laughs> I would think so. That would make sense. I think that's fair. Yeah. There's, there's no question. They, they passed the eye test at that point. Oh, so geez. I think be oh yeah. I mean, Walmart and all. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> totally. So. Uh, next up, the other uh, Alabama's favorite team, Auburn at eight. So uh, this is a little peek into our uh, weekly pick right? Uh, this would be the fun if someone's joining us on Yahoo. Guys, do you think the Tigers are taking down the Ducks here in week one uh, in Arlington? So Auburn, Oregon, this is a big, big impact. There's a, an SEC non-con matchup that's actually worth talking about. Mac? What's the number again, Boomer? Eight. Oh, that's a good number. So, so Tulane, Kent State, and Samford, they're, they're non-con. And games, there so. you do that, and it makes me think I immediately want to go over it because those – those are teams that I would put on my NCAA schedule to go ahead and pad my stats and try to get 4,000 yards rushing by one backup fullback. So I'll go over just based off a turd schedule. Their, their crossovers are Georgia, of course, and then it's at Florida. They also have at A&M and at LSU. And so I, I, their schedule is actually really difficult for an SEC schedule as it's set up. Outside of those three games, hockey. Well, I like the D line that Auburn has. I think that Derek Brown and Nick Coe. I mean, I think you got a couple good players there to, to kind of have a base. But at the end of the day, I just eight. I think that this is the year that Malzahn. I mean, he's on the hot seat, and I don't see this being the year that he's going to get off of it. At best, I, I call him a push. I'm going to go under on it. I do mm-hmm. think they have a chance to beat Oregon in that non-conference game, but, I mean, even their crossovers are going to be really difficult. I'm going under. All right, and, and, and I just want to offer the plea to everybody in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten to please stop scheduling the SEC in neutral site games. I'm doing some air quotes there. Anywhere Agreed. south of the Mason-Dixon line. Here, here. Agreed. Do them in KC, Indianapolis, Chicago, New York, just Phoenix, wherever. Boomer, to your point, the worst neutral site game we've ever seen was Washington versus Auburn, Auburn in, in Atlanta. Atlanta. And what kind of crap is that? <laughs> Good Lord, guys. That's, anyway. That's enough to untwirl a guy's mustache. It really is. Thank God I had an extra coat of wax tonight. But anyway, <laughs> carrying on... Uh, all right, LSU at 9. They do have Georgia Southern. They are at Texas in a very early, big non-conference game, so I give them credit for that. Then there's uh, Northwestern State and Utah State should be gimmies. They do play Florida and uh, who else? Uh, Vanderbilt in the crossovers. Uh, kind of a toss-up there. Yeah, they do not have one of those cupcake November games. No, but they're at Alabama, at Old Miss, Arkansas, and A&M to end the year. So November isn't easy for them. And the number's nine. They still could get there, potentially. Honky? They won 10 last year, so that was... Boy, I'll tell you, that game at Texas, to begin with, I mean, I think that's a huge step forward for the SEC to be playing that kind of non-conference game. Also, to be playing Florida on the crossover route, you're playing two pretty top teams right there in addition to the West. Gosh, nine feels like a push to me, and I can't keep saying push every time because I've... You have said push a lot. I've said push a number of times. I'm going to give them the over, I'm going to say they go 10-2, and two, but boy, I don't feel good about that. I feel pretty comfortable saying the over. I'm, I'm not as sold on wow. Texas. I'm not as sold on Ellinger as everybody is. I don't think I don't think that's a good matchup for Texas. And I do really like Joe Burrow. He came in last year. 
I mean, 10 wins last year shocked me. I didn't see that coming whatsoever. So I don't I don't feel like that's a big stretch uh, this year to get to 10. That Tiger defense is, is going to be they, sharp. I mean, they, 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 they recruited a high level. They've got a quarterback in place that can push the ball downfield, and he's now the second year in the offense. Ellinger, to me, is yeah. I, I, smoke and mirrors. Richard Lo- I'm calling Ellinger smoke and mirrors. Richard Lawrence, Jacob Phillips, Grant Delpit, you know, Christian Fulton. I mean, you've got some dudes on that defense. I mean, that's I'll go over. All right, I'm going over with the Tigers. All right, next up, Mississippi State, seven and a half. Bulldogs, Joe Moorhead, uh, had great success there at Penn State. Non-con, looking at Louisiana, Southern Miss. Louisiana Lafayette, Southern Miss, K-State, all at home. And then Abilene Christian to end the year, yeah, that, that classic matchup. I'm feeling over. Mac? Yeah, I, I would definitely go the over on that. I, none of what Boomer just said would scare me if I were them, so I'll definitely take yeah, that. Yeah, this is, to me, it's a lock over. All right, that's an easy one. All right, easy enough. Next up, Old Miss at five. All right, this is a little more interesting. Five and seven team last year. Uh, at Memphis, who's supposed to be a very good uh, AAC team this yeah. year. Southwest Louisiana, Cal, New Mexico State, yeah. Besides in Mexico State, they probably gonna, they could get over on this too, just because of the schedule being a little bit weaker. Honky. Well, I'm a huge Hugh Freeze fan. I think he runs programs the right way. <laughs> but he's at Liberty now, so. Oh, Liberty, now. Liberty, Liberty. Okay, so having said that, I'm going to go <laughs> under, and I think they they will get to four and a half. Crossovers are Vanderbilt, and Missouri. So just so you know. Now I'm going Nothing's push. Nothing's changed. I'm going push. I'm going to go push. How about Another that? push? All right. Back? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's the best approach to Old Miss this season. Just whatever. <laughs> well, that is I like my that. official. <laughs> yeah, that's his lock of the years. Old Miss or whatever. All right, we're ending up the SEC at Texas A&M at seven and a half. So that should be interesting. And yeah, some of it's uh, crap because you got Texas State, Lamar, and UTSA, but they are at Clemson in week two. So and they played them close last year. That is true. That- and what are their crossovers, Boomer? Uh, crossovers appear to be South Carolina and at Georgia at the end of the year before they go to LSU. So, eh. so playing at Clemson and at Georgia and at LSU, they get Alabama <laughs> at home. I'm going over. One of these days, Texas A&M is going to perform to the level of quasi-blue blood that they, they sort of feel like they should be. I've been saying this is like 37, I think. Problem yeah. is, it's not going to be this year. If it's se- this year! Well, if seven and a half is the number, and you have to play at LSU, and you Win. have to play at Clemson, Win. and at Georgia, Win. and you're playing Alabama, even though it's at home, those are four losses to me. I'm, I, I don't disagree. see a single win out of those four. So now you're, you, have to go, you have to be perfect to get to eight. I'm going to say they screw up one one game along the way. A&M 7.5 is too high. I'm going under. That's actually very logical, Honky. I'm going to take that advice. I'll go in the under. All right, let's head over to our favorite conference, the Big Ten. Where do we want to start here? Do we want to start in Legends or Leaders? Oh, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Regroup. East, okay. We're going to go there, starting off with our good friends, the Hoosiers, Indiana at 6. All right, so we'll take a deeper dive in the Big Ten here as we go further into our preseason. Indiana at six. Their uh, non-con is Ball State, Eastern Illinois, UConn, and they get crossover games with Nebraska and Purdue and Northwestern. Yeah, so, I mean, having to play at Nebraska right away, I mean, that's pretty tough crossover game for them. I think they can go 3-0 and in that non-conference. 
They're also playing Ohio State early. They play them right before the week before Ohio State comes to Lincoln, not expecting them to win that. What a tough division to be in. I think Brett Siancia with pick six has mentioned that multiple times. That is a brutal division. The top four teams of the uh, the Big Ten East, I think they're all you know ranked in the top 18. That's just going to be really tough no matter what. I like Stevie Scott at running back. I think that there's some good things going on there at, in Indiana, but six, but I think at best they're a push. Six, under. I agree with Mac. Under. All right, next up, the uh, Big Ten East. We've got our favorite crab cake uh, specialist, Maryland, at three and a half. Not getting a lot of love from Vegas this year. Really? Three and a half. What's the what's the crossover and what's the uh, non-con? Well, Maryland, they get uh, Howard, uh, Syracuse, who's no slough in the ACC this year, and at Temple, who's getting some love too. And then their crossover games are at Purdue and at Minnesota and Nebraska. But three and a half is really low. Hey, you got to look for four wins out of there. Who are the four going to be, Dave? I mean, well, if you could beat Temple at Temple and Howard, you got two right there. So can you go? Can you win two more? Who are the other two going to be? I mean, Rutgers. They're not going to be favored in too many of those other games. Rutgers. If I have not mentioned Rutgers. Yeah, there is Rutgers. We haven't gotten to our comic <laughs> so we're at segment three. yet, but yeah. we're at three. So there's three, so you're looking for you know, one more out of there. Who are they upsetting? I just feel like listening to the BTN guys, Maryland has a little bit more talent there than you give them credit for. I, I'm feeling overish. I don't know. Honky, your, your thoughts? I think it's a lock over for three and a half. Three, I mean, three and a half is so low. Yeah, they're I, getting to four. Yeah, I, it, for all the points you guys have already mentioned, it, yeah, three and a half is a smart money. All right. I'm interested to see this. All right, next up we got um, – Let's see, Michigan State at eight. Michigan State is such a divisive team. Uh, so many people are high on Michigan State, think it's a big rebound year. Uh, D'Antonio is going to retire after the rebound, etc. Others are not so high. I don't know, Honky? I mean, this is 2009 Nebraska to me. It's You have a defense that is going to be top ten in the country, but can you get anything out of that offense? Lewerke at quarterback. You know, he took a downturn last year. Two years ago, he had a really good season. It depends on what you're going to see out of him. I just, I really struggle to see Michigan State getting to that nine-win category in the in the East. Boomer, what's their crossovers? They're at Northwestern, at Wisconsin, and they get Illinois at home. I am going to say at best a push. I think they get to eight. Didn't, how many did they win last year? They won 10, didn't they? No, no, no. No, no they, they went 7-6. Seven seven and and six. Six. Oh, 7-6. They did go ten and three the year before. Ten and three the year before. The number is nine. Their defense yeah. is going to be really good, but I mean, seriously, they're going to have to win every game thirteen to twelve. Yeah, they're, the number is eight there, Max. So I would say over. I would say over. I, I don't think D'Antonio doesn't back up bad years with other bad years. That's fr- that's very true. That's that's, that's true. I'm just going to say I think it's a push at best. And that defense is going to be unbelievable i think if they can beat arizona state and, and start off three and oh that gives them enough wiggle room that at minimum it's a push and then they just can get i, I probably will take the over on this one all right next up everybody's uh darling in the east michigan ten and a half well that is definitely uh a Big Ten East Championship type number if they can get to the over at 11-1. and Non-con honky, I'm sure you're going to ask. Middle Tennessee State, Army, and Notre Dame. So, yeah. Army is a, a pretty darn good team. They gave Oklahoma fits last year with that triple option. Boomer, what's the uh, crossover? Uh, at Wisconsin, at Illinois, and Iowa comes to uh, Ann Arbor. You know, I they play at Wisconsin. 
The reality, though, is Wisconsin can never win those big games. That's unfortunate for the West. They can't beat Ohio State. I don't think they'll beat Notre Dame. I think they'll finish 10-2 and two during the season. The question becomes, is that good enough, obviously, to win the East to even get that 13th game? I'm going to say under. I don't I don't see Michigan. Mm. They haven't played. Hey, you know what? They haven't played in the Big Ten championship game yet, and uh, I'm not seeing it happening this year. All right, Mac? I'm going over. I'm going over easily, actually. I, the way I look at it, you've got Day as a new court, as a new head coach. He's still trying to implement his culture. You've got Penn State, who's sort of reeling from a lot of personnel change at the coaching and everything like that. I, I really feel like Michigan has done an excellent job of recruiting to their culture and developing through their strength and conditioning program. I, I and they're changing their offense this the year. Pro- they the, go to more of a spread attack to fit Shea Patterson, and on not, top of the defense they already have, I don't see any way they don't go over ten. I don't know that that's a good thing though. Them changing their offense around Shea Patterson, where they well, built because where they, their offense was so prolific. Well, but that's probably the problem is they spent three to four years to build kind of the Stanford of the North. And now, you know, you're you're making major switches to make it work for Shea Patterson. I don't know that that's the thing. And defensively, you were losing everything that they lost on defense. I, to me, that's a lot to ask. It's interesting because are they switching it for Shea Patterson? Because behind Shea is Dill McCaffrey. And so I think who would maybe not be as, as much of a runner as Luke, but I think he's also mobile. So I, I feel like they've switched the offense to better suit not one, but multiple quarterbacks in that system. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think that will dictate how good they are this year, sure. whether they go over or under, really. Yeah, they've had to switch their OC. I mean, what they have the, the Alabama. from Bama? Yeah, they have the Bama OC there. I'm curious if what they're trying to do is what Harbaugh would truly like to do. Now, he might, he might be willing to make these switches, but he just, to me, doesn't come off as a spread-style coach. Now this is and, his year to prove it. And, here's the thing with here's the thing with Michigan. If it doesn't happen this year, it's not happening with Jim Harbaugh at the, at the yeah. Home. It just isn't going to happen. You, Urban Meyer's gone, and Franklin's reeling man. a little bit. And this is his year. If he doesn't do it this year, then man, the Big Ten is wide open. But I really feel like the way that he's in, built this program, I, I think they I think they walk away f- with with it. I really do. If Nebraska, East, if, I definitely think if Nebraska wins the West and we make it to the title game, we play Michigan. And you're saying that Michigan wins, essentially, Probably. to get to that. If you're saying to get to that over, you're saying Michigan beats whoever the West team is. We're saying Nebraska. Well, it's ten Probably. and a half. They could be eleven and one uh, potentially True. and still lose. Point is, Max High in Michigan. I, I I am still debating this when we actually make our conference picks. I'm probably would go with the over, but it's it's, it's a tough one. All right, next you got your uh, Michigan arch nemesis, the Buckeyes at ten. Hmm, that's interesting. Not ten and a half, but ten. Nope, ten. They got FAU, Cincinnati, Miami of Ohio. It's pretty easy. Crossovers at Nebraska, at Northwestern, and Wisconsin comes to Columbus. So. It's a definitely a lighter non-con than typical for Ohio State. Cincinnati's their marquee game, if you want to call it that. But they do come to Lincoln. But I, I feel like at least that's a push, right, Honky? I'm going to give them the over for no other reason than I think they only lose one game at Lincoln. Uh, but they <laughs> they've had some good success with Michigan, and I think that continues. I'll give them eleven and one. I'm not that strong on Ohio State this year. I'm not big on fields. I don't know what the hype is all about. The guy's stats are inflated from playing scrubs with Georgia, and he played in the spring game against nothing. So 
and he's literally their only well, quarterback and everybody else is left. So if he goes yeah. down, then that is it. I don't think J.K. Dobbins is elite. I think they have really good wide receivers, but I don't know that he's the best quarterback to get him to. And do not tell me that Ryan Day is an Urban Meyer replacement. That's ridiculous. So, no, I'm going yeah, under. And, and I think that there's a fairness with Fields at quarterback. I think DiNardo talked about this when he came to Nebraska for the BTN tour. He talked about the depth that we had in that room, and it was something he hadn't seen. And we've all talked about, like, what would possibly happen at Ohio State if an injury happened to Fields. They just, at QB, they Tate don't... Martell would transfer back. Well, they, <laughs> they probably would. They just don't have that depth there, right? What was interesting is, you know, when we talked with uh, Brett with Pick 6 Previews, and he talked about how Ryan Day last year, one of the things that he did was he evened them out in terms of balance on offense when they had Haskins. That's awesome with Haskins. That made a lot of sense to their offense, and that was something that made him feel very good about what they were doing offensively. I wouldn't balance it out if I had fields. That's not the QB to do that with. If Day's background is, hey, I can make you a 50-50 offense, we can run pass ratio it up, super. Don't give me fields to be that QB. Yeah, but here's the thing. I you, mean, can't, field, you can't run fields as much with you don't have anybody behind him. And that is that should be the biggest concern of any Ohio State that's, fan out there is – if he goes down, it's just like what, what Frost was talking about with, with Martinez last year. I couldn't run the full playbook because if I got him hurt, we were screwed. And that is where Ohio yeah. State is next year or this coming year. You know what? You talked me out of it. I'm going to go I'm gonna go under there for no other reason. Here, here. Everything that takes to be what they want to be on offense with fields, I don't know that they can do it. The last time they won Injury, a national championship, the last time they won a national championship, they were down to the third string quarterback. Do you they think they do that right. this year? You're right. They don't. They don't have it. Dave, I'm going. Mac, under. that is a very convincing argument. I will go on the under. All right. Uh, the next uh, Big East or Big Ten East cipher, Penn State at eight and a half. Mac, I'm going to start with you because it seems like you're you're thinking uh, Penn State's in a bit of a transition. Uh, you taking the under on this? Boomer, drop me some drop me some context on their schedule so I can I can say this intelligently. Their non count's pretty simple. Idaho, Buffalo, and Pitt. Hmm. They do go to Iowa where they've traditionally had a lot of trouble. Okay. And to Minnesota. When? God only knows what they're gonna do this year, so not the easiest schedule in the world. Right, what you just told me I give them four wins there. The number's eight? Yeah, eight and a half. So uh, you're looking at nine. You want to get to nine wins. Yeah. And they play Purdue as the other crossovers, so it, they have Indiana and Rutgers at home, Mac. Over. <laughs> over. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> I'm going over. I just, I'm going over. They, they, listen, I know they lost some guys, but they have not dropped off in recruiting. Penn State's been doing a good job. You know, Franklin without Joe Moorhead being gone, that was a question mark last year. Hopefully they've addressed those things this next coming year and, and are moving forward. But they've recruited well enough to at least get to eight, at least get to nine. Hockey? Defensively, I like Micah Parsons. I think they've got some – they have some elite players at, at certain positions there. Again, this is just such a tough division at the top level. They've got to win at least one of those games against Ohio State, Michigan, or Michigan State. I'm going to give them one win against them. I'll say they get to nine. Over. All right, and everybody's favorite punching bag slash uh, New York City media market bringers, Rutgers, at a two and a half. Under, 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 under. <laughs> under. under. We're going to go under. You, you didn't even give me a chance to give you your nod. Move on to the it's, West. Uh, under, under, under. Boomer, we're going to the West. Boomer, we That's should fair. move on to right, the West. So we'll move on. It, it was UMass Boston College at Liberty, so there you go. Liberty, 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 Liberty. They were lost. <laughs> I'll go with the under. Let's move on over to the West. 
All right, starting off in the West, uh, Levy Smith, uh, Illinois at four. All right, so I do think Illinois could be better. They showed signs of life last year when they um, were competitive versus Northwestern and uh, beat uh, Minnesota. I don't know. I don't know if Levy's getting this done. Mac? Well, you're not counting as Akron at UConn and Eastern Michigan. So there's three. They have a crossover with the Rutgers. I, I would probably go over. I, I'm not as down on Illinois as everybody tells me I should be. I, I feel like, you know, they played a lot of young guys for a lot of years without the P.J. Fleck hype of youth. I'd probably take the over. Part of this, too, is I think they kind of won the transfer portal of this offseason. So, That's right. Brandon Peters is their quarterback, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of new guys that come in there that were high-rated high recruits coming out of high school, and now they've transferred over there. Depends on how quickly it all comes together and everything, but it's one of those programs I wouldn't put any money on. At best, I think it's a push, so I'd say under. I'm going to go with Mac here and go over just because I think they can win their three non-con and somehow scrape together. They go, they have Rutgers at home, so that's four right there, and so they somehow win one other and they get five. All right, next are uh, good friends just to the east and those people who can't count hot dog buns, Iowa Hawkeyes, seven and a half. You know, as, as much as I'd like to take the end of this one, I'm, I'm sensing an over. Mac? We can take the over on that. We're still going to beat Iowa, but I'll take the over on. I'm trying to decide if this is the, one of the years that Iowa's overhyped or underhyped because that really informs my decision. I mean, you get Miami of Ohio. They play Rutgers, Middle Tennessee State. Well, I've, I've said it already. I think they're going to beat Iowa State. So with that as the premise, I mean, I think that to me, they're going to get to eight. Uh, I'll give them that. I'm going to go over with them. Yeah, I just think it's it's probably safer. They they've gone nine and four, eight and five, eight and five, twelve and two, uh, seven and six and fourteen. So kind of those years where you'd always see a Iowa team slip to below sub five hundred or, or hover around five hundred underperform seem to be beyond them. Uh, they could always creep back, but I, I feel like this is a team that's good enough to get eight wins, definitely. They've already got an eight-win banner ready to be put up in their practice field, so I'm, I'm sure of that. Yeah, the contract is ready to be extended for... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's already inked for Ferens. He's got the extension already. So. But they're strong. They are strong on both sides of the line scrimmage. I mean, the O-line, D-line, that's that's a good basis to get to eight to begin with. I'm giving them the over. At this point, Ferens is getting paid in Bitcoin as well. Very <laughs> <laughs> yeah, incentive he can have it's, it's remarkable the guy's agent needs to be enshrined in the iowa hall of fame it's actually in the contract that's going to happen once he retires next up our uh, nemesis for the five dollar bits of broken chair the golden gophers of minnesota at seven and a half you got south dakota state at fresno georgia southern crossovers are rutgers and maryland and penn states it's fairly easy for the gophers but can they do it? I've, I'm feeling they could get it over here. The key here is actually beating Fresno State in week two, it feels like. Honky? Yeah, I mean, just listening to the uh, those three non-conference games and the two crossovers, uh, well, two of those crossovers alone, there's five wins. I realize they're they're still young. Mac? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, are they, are they young? Are they young still? You know, they're always I, I young, was, perpetually. I was super disappointed when I watched the, the BTN tour come through and they didn't mic up Coach Frost, and then I realized – Oh, they didn't mic up PJ Fleck either. He just walks around with a microphone. Yeah. So, you know, like, Sky Yama, row the boat. <laughs> they probably do get over eight wins. They probably do. And that's fine. I want them to get over eight wins because when we smash them and take his elite youth and, uh, and this row the boat culture that they took the stickers off the helmet because the alumni can't stand him, 
yeah. The, the more wins Minnesota has, the better for NU. So, over. I do think that's a good point, Mac, in the sense of with the Big Ten West and this narrative that we're so much better this year across the board, uh, we need to win these non-con games, Nebraska versus Colorado, Minnesota versus Fresno State, for example. But look, I want to beat these teams, but Minnesota being eight and four is better than them being six and six for our perception. So, Honky, uh, you feel Minnesota's uh, going in the right direction enough to go over on this one? You know, look, I, I, I've been a supporter actually of Fleck, and I know it's not always you know the popular thing, but I think the guy's a heck of a coach. And I've had arguments online a couple times with some Husker fans who are like, oh, this guy hasn't done this or that. I think you give credit to where credit's to what he did with with Western Michigan. Uh, you know, he took him to eight and five a couple times, and then eventually had a what thirteen one year with him. And uh, you yep. know, I had one fan that what one Redcaster said, you know, you know, he had one good year with him. I go, well, thirteen and one at Western Michigan's good. I don't know what great looks like because that seems like a pretty, you know, really good year there. He's a good coach. He's got them moving in the right direction. He is annoying as hell. But, yeah, I'm going to go over with that. I think they can get to eight. I think I'm going to go over, too. I, I have heard him uh, interviewed a couple times this year, and he's less annoying now. I feel like he's selling a little bit less, and that would give me an indication that he thinks he has a better team. So, And, Dave, to that point, too, I think he is perfect for what Minnesota needs. You're talking yeah. about a media market where you've got the Vikings, and we've we've mentioned how Minnesota used to be a powerhouse in college football for decades and decades, and if you look at – when their trajectory started hitting down in the 60s, that's at the exact same time the Vikings got there. You've got Timberwolves now, and you've got Wild, and you've got the Twins and all that. There's so much media to com- to compete with up in the Twin Cities. So when people look at him and they go, oh, my God, he's just a media hog, of course he is. He's exactly what the Gophers need. They need someone that can bring some attention there, and you got to give him that credit. It, again, annoying, but probably for the right reasons. I still like him better than Brian Friends. fair enough fair enough all right good stuff uh boomer all right do we want to do nebraska are we saving them for another show yeah let's go next week with that all right we'll skip ahead to the uh hydrox nebraska of northwestern at six (laughs) at six boomer can you explain again why they are the hydrox nebraska Uh, well sure that's the traditional the question of who really should be in you when it comes to Nebraska versus Northwestern. And I always liken it to the uh, debate between Hydrox and Oreos. I mean, <laughs> technically Hydrox was the first stuffed sandwich cookie, but nobody really cares. It's Oreos. They they are honestly the first, you know, sandwich <laughs> cookie with cream filling. So Northwestern, yeah, you can be the Hydrox of venues. So we're running with that. Fair enough. They have, uh, they, they do go to Stanford in week one, and then UNLV and UMass is their non-con games, so... Crossovers are Michigan State, Ohio State, and Indiana. Northwestern is ranked in the coaches' preseason poll, and they're over under a six. That is extraordinary. I, I feel like they could definitely get to seven wins here. It would be great for the Big Ten West if they beat Stanford here in week one. Honky? Six wins there just validates what Pick 6 talked about a year ago where they were a 5-6 to six win team and they ended up winning nine games. They lose all three non-conference games last year. Um, it's not a knock on Fitzgerald. It They literally do all the things right to win games. Six games seems low to me because I think they'll do enough things right to at least get to that point. Okay. 
I yeah. there's so many games they can lose. Don't get me wrong, but I think they can get to seven. It's like what do you say? They could win every other game plus one week where they win yeah. two games in a row. That's not that big of a deal. I mean, Northwestern is a is a a grinded out, yep. fundamentally strong, well coached team. To me, that's seven wins easily. If you find easily, a, if that's you, seven wins. If you find a way to give them a reason, and, and to you're win, talking about a five star quarterback that they've never had before, I mean, like I, Clayton Thorson, everybody loved that guy. But this is a this is a cast off from Clemson. This isn't. If we're saying that Terry Wilson could win seven to six games yeah. in, the, in the SEC, I have no problem saying that Hunter Johnson could win. What, what are you talking about? Six and a half to seven wins in the Big Ten. I, that's that. Yep. That's not big of a stretch for me. Oh, that's fair. Going over. All right. Next, our favorite beverage are Purdue Boilermakers. It's seven. Non-con is Ad Nevada, Vanderbilt, TCU. This is interesting. Purdue's often being picked below Northwestern yeah, they are. in a lot of the, the polls, but they have a whole extra game on their win total there. They get at Penn State, Maryland, and Indiana for crossovers. Yeah. The TCU game is really intriguing in non-conference. Yeah, this is tough. Mac, I don't like the I don't like the TCU matchup to be real honest with you. But uh, short of that, I I really like what Brahms doing there. I think he's they're recruiting at a way higher level than we've seen Purdue recruit in a yeah, long they're time. Receiving and, core. and and you can tell that the university is putting that Big Ten money towards the football facility. What's the number exactly? Uh, the number exactly is seven. I would go over on that one. All right, Mac is buying the Boulder Honk. Yeah, I mean, uh, their best D lineman, Neil, he's injured, I think, probably for the first game. But as long as he gets back and he's full strength, I think that's going to help defensively a lot for them. You know, I, I like Holt as their defensive coordinator. I think that's a, a good starting point there. It They kind of fall a little bit in the category of Nebraska, at least perception-wise. Defensively, that's where people are going to look at them and go, can they – be a you know a top half of the conference defense. If they could be with that offense, boy, I think people are going to be behind be behind them, right? You know, I mean, you have Sindelar at quarterback coming off of the the Blau years there, and obviously you got Rondell Moore and everything. The offense is going to be looked upon to to score, but if that defense can hold their own, that's going to be the real question there. You know, with seven is the number, I'm going to give them the over. I think they can. I think they can get to to eight. All right, you guys are convincing me. I was probably going to take the under just because of the schedule, but um, I think we're buying on the Boilermakers. All right, last wrapping up the Big Ten, we've got our good friends to the north, uh, Wisconsin, and they're over under set at eight. They open up at UCF. They have Central Michigan, Kent State crossovers, or Michigan, Michigan State, and at Ohio State. Nice. So not a Easy non-con, but... Boomer, they start at South Florida or UCF? At South Florida, yeah. Then Central Michigan and crossovers are kind of tough with Michigan, Michigan State, and at Ohio State. So I don't think South Florida is great this year. Um, They do have Blake Barnett down there as quarterback, so that could give Wisconsin some sort of a challenge, but they should That's a road game for Wisconsin, though. It is a road game. It's true. I guarantee it is a win. Again, this is where the Big Ten West needs to actually make hay. They need to win these games. You cannot lose to the South Florida Bulls in week one, so I'm hoping they pull that off. I I have a sense they could get to an over here, even at at just 9-3, and but boy, uh, it's a good question in the sense of guys like, Paul Chris has given a pretty much a pass here. He was not good at, at Pittsburgh. He, I was a 500 coach, and I mentioned the Wisconsin D coordinators previously. 
I, they've had an amazing run there, and they struggled last year. They were not as a vintage Wisconsin D, and the presumption is is, is that um, that Leonard is just gonna you know, be as just good of a D coordinator as Dave Aranda or Justin Wilcox, and I just don't know if that's the case. Uh, Honky. Yeah, I hate the fact that they're playing at South Florida to begin with. I just think that's a total knock on from a prestige standpoint where Wisconsin yeah, should be. At. They shouldn't be. <laughs> they shouldn't be playing that, but. They have the brutal crossover schedule this year. Nebraska had it a year ago. We had to play Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. And I believe those are the exact same three teams that Wisconsin has to do this year. Wisconsin has to travel to Nebraska. Um, I'm telling you, they, they've, and Nebraska's not losing to Wisconsin this year. That's, I'm giving them four losses just there alone. I'm going under. Mac? I'm with Honky on this one. I- there, there's some things you like about Wisconsin, but you know, and they always talk about, Jonathan Taylor and like you know he's two thousand yard back last year and a nineteen hundred yard back the year before. But let's not talk about the the fact that he's got almost six hundred carries or so in his career, and there doesn't seem to be a strong backup behind him. I know they get Quintus Cephas behind him or not behind him, but returning. But I would bet that there's not a running back in Division One football that's got more carries than Jonathan Taylor in the last two years, and I I just don't know that he's going to be able to right out this season again. So they've had tremendous ability to rebuild their lines and they're going to have to on the O-line. I mean, they're basically replacing four starters. You know, Ferguson comes back at tight end. And I, I do think he's one of those guys that's going to compete for the, the all-conference honors at that spot. Mertz is going to be their quarterback. I don't know if he's been announced or not. It doesn't matter. He, he hasn't been announced. You know he's going to be. Well, so, you don't know that. That's well, the thing I'm just that, saying, that Jack I, Cohen's getting, getting I think run. Here's the problem, though. If he... Cone has that, Cone has so little run. He screws up one bit. Mertz is the guy. But beyond that is the fact that no one's clearly separated themselves. It's like there there isn't a, there isn't a defined quarterback. Yeah. And they're they're already struggling between a true freshman and Cohen. And the only thing they have for sure is is Taylor and yeah. Cephas. I think your back. point about Taylor is really strong. This dude, with all the things that they've had the last couple of years on offense, took the amount of carries he had this year, replacing QBs and all that. I mean, he's He's going to be asked to run, load every bit as much. It's going to be really tough for him. Yeah, I'm I'm sensing an under here. It's hard to believe. I really do think yep. Wisconsin is a solid program, but it's a tough schedule and it's a transition year in many many facets. So I, I could see see the under. That's 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 something to say. All right, uh, bookie, is that everything? Have I bet on every single uh, win total in Power Five? Yeah, that wraps up your Power Five plus Notre Dame outside of Nebraska, which we're holding on to till our uh, week before our show. So a little teaser there for you. I'm gonna take the over on Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Well, I mean, we have taken a lot of. Uh, Time to to research these win totals back and forth. Very impressed with the preparation we have uh, going into this show. I think hopefully our fans will really enjoy it, and hopefully these all play out exactly as we predicted uh, come the end of the year. Uh, for now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red! These picks are for entertainment purposes only. <laughs>